Hello and welcome back to the Ugly Growth Podcast. This is episode four and today I'm connecting with Megs Tanev. Megs is an incredibly talented freelance writer based in Medellin, Colombia, and she also happens to be my best friend. Today we are talking about our journey of going from being party girls in our early 20s and not having any sort of spiritual practice to creating a much more intentional life and working regularly with plant medicine. In this episode, we are getting specifically into ayahuasca and what that journey has looked like and really what anyone can do to create a more spiritual life and live with more intention. So I think there will be a lot of really useful nuggets in this episode. And I also wanted to give a little bit of a precursor because we do reference ayahuasca and I realize maybe for some of you listening, you might not be familiar with what that is. So ayahuasca is a plant medicine. It is an Amazonian brew, essentially. So it's made with a variety of plants. They take the roots, they take the leaves, and they boil them together to create this very strong brew that does have typically a DMT component to it. So it is psychotropic. You do have visuals and experience really intense body physical sensations and go on a deep profound spiritual journey but actually both of us we talk about in this episode how our first experiences with the medicine we didn't really feel much and it took going deeper into that journey and connecting more with the medicine to really open up in that way and um, just how sort of the sensationalized ayahuasca stories that you hear online are not not very representative of what the actual experience is like so we get into all of that i just wanted to yeah kind of give that little brief description about what ayahuasca actually is because it is a medicine and the recipe varies from tribe to tribe so i'm not going to say exactly what's in it because they do vary and in Colombia, they refer to the medicine as yaje, and in Peru, they call the medicine ayahuasca. So that is why we are using two different names here, but they are essentially two different names for very similar, if not the same medicine, depending on who you speak to. I have heard from one of my mentors that ayahuasca is said to be a more feminine energy, whereas yahe is more of a masculine energy and that yahe tends to be a little bit more purgative than ayahuasca so there's more purging there's more throwing up and i think that is why a lot of people have an aversion to working with ayahuasca or yahe because of the throwing up and i totally get that i mean no one really loves throwing up <laughs> but it's all part of the experience, it's all part of the release, the letting go that we're trying to do by working with these medicines, right? So yeah, I just wanted to give that brief little intro about what ayahuasca is so that when we're talking about it with Megs, no one's going to feel completely lost about what's going on. So without further ado, here is Megs Tanev. Well, hello, Megs. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a long time coming. I'm so happy that we're finally doing this. 
truly been such a long time coming. I remember like two years ago being on a hike and we were just having such an in-depth conversation and we we're like, we should be recording this right now. <laughs> I know. And so many times since then as well. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing that we're finally sitting down. I'm really excited to connect with you today because I think we are in an interesting position where we're both on this really unique path now of working with plant medicine and kind of on a spiritual journey of sorts. And neither of us came from that background. Like you're from the UK, I'm from Canada, and we didn't exactly grow up in that sort of circumstance. Like both of us in our early 20s were going to the clubs, <laughs> dancing to techno, drinking excessively and partying and all that. So I think, yeah, today, if we could just talk about that journey and how you specifically really went from from that to finding yourself on this path of, of spirituality and what that has looked like for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you nailed it with that description of going from a very non-spiritual background, living in the UK, spending a lot of my time in my early 20s, drinking with my friends, really having no concept of what it means to be in touch with yourself. <laughs> um, to now like living in Colombia and feeling like I'm still very much at the beginning of this path. And it's definitely one that will never end for any of us, but feeling like I've come so far. So, so yeah, I mean, I've been in Colombia for almost four years now. I moved here like officially in May, 2018, but I'd been here like on and off a few times before then. And when I moved, I just had such a pull to Latin America. I studied Hispanic studies at university I loved Spanish and I came and traveled here um, in 2015 with a friend of mine. And it was just like the very classic, you know, Gringo Trail, like going to party hostels and and all of that. But I think something still really, really captivated me about the beauty of the country, which is like a really big pulling factor for me going back, like living in the UK, especially growing up in Manchester in like a very urban area. I didn't have any connection to nature, really. I think like the most kind of access that I had to nature would be like the odd like walk in the hills you know close to Manchester or like going to Bulgaria which is where my dad's from and doing some winter skiing holidays in the mountains and then beach holidays in the summer but I never had like an intentional an intentional practice of spending time in nature so um, that was a big pull for me to come to Colombia and that's just something that's grown deeper and deeper the more time I spend here is um is is the connection to nature and and yeah I moved here in 2018 I got a job at a, a PR company which is where you and I met and then was worked there for around three years and left that last year and I'd say over probably the last like two and a half years maybe even earlier than that I've been experimenting with different psychedelics different plant medicines and more recently in the last couple of years it's been mainly jahe or ayahuasca um yeah here's it's known in Colombia um and I think that's probably the primary thing that's really set me onto onto the path that I find myself on today I think it's it's given so much meaning to my life that I really didn't know that was there and it's taught me so much about myself that I didn't know and it's also brought me as I was saying before like a lot closer to nature as well so yeah I think it's coming from a background where I like really didn't have any connection to to religion except for the odd you know trip to church 
with my family in Bulgaria and no other spiritual influences in my life getting to where I am now I'd say plant medicine has played the biggest role I don't know if I don't think I would be anywhere um close to where I am now had it not been for for plant medicine but also just being in a country like Colombia where it's so easy to appreciate your surroundings appreciate nature even living in Medellin the city it's literally you know on your doorstep to get out get out into into the mountains and into um some green as you know well so yeah I'm not sure if that answers your question I went around the houses a little bit but no yeah definitely and of course I I can relate obviously Colombia is also where I had my like spiritual awakening and I definitely think that nature was a big part of that yeah just being able to go swim in waterfalls and plant your feet on the earth whenever whenever you want and really connecting with like the mother mother earth in that way especially yeah missing my own mom and I'm I'm just really curious like if you had any prior experience like what was it that made Yahe so appealing to you as like kind of that first initial step um it's interesting I I I like a lot of people I think decide to take ayahuasca um because they have like a they've done like a certain amount of inner work and I think they might see it as the next step in terms of like healing things that they may need to heal or getting to know themselves on a deeper level and get it getting to know their own consciousness and their own psyche and um I think for me it was a lot of it was like the influence of my peers i you know, I'm sure you remember like the first Jahe ceremony I went to was with like five of our work friends, like five of my like close friends. And there was like an element in it of like, okay, I know I'm really curious here. I know that this is something that's had a huge impact in like a few people that I know and a huge impact in their lives. Um, there's obviously like a lot to learn here, but I, I, I kind of came to it from a place of curiosity, which I wouldn't really advise people to necessarily do now but I think once I tried it I think I I realized that there was just so much more to learn and the more ceremonies I went to the more I started to develop a connection with the medicine I think the first few ceremonies I was kind of going into it with like I don't know if I had the most solid intentions and I think I was going into it with these expectations of like okay I want to experience like I want to see all these cool visuals and I want to like get taken on this journey and I kind of like want to have a story to tell maybe as well. I don't know. Maybe that was an element of it. But I think the more the more ceremonies I, t- I attended, the more I realized that this is so much more than like having a trippy experience. Like that's not even that's that's just not a reason to 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 take this medicine. It's so much bigger than that. And I think that was the reason that like my first few journeys, like they weren't very powerful like I didn't feel very connected to the medicine in the beginning and I remember feeling frustrated and like almost jealous of other people who had these like you know we'd wake up in the morning in the ceremony and they'd be like oh my god last night was crazy like I went to this place and I saw this and like I did this and I was just like wow my mind wasn't even close to anything like that um but now having drunk the medicine for the last two and a half years I realized now that it's really giving you what you need at that time and what I got when I first drank jahe was exactly what I needed and that that connection has really grown over time so I think it's just like having like a really subtle message inside me that's like no keep going keep keep going you know there's more to learn here you know there's more 
to learn about yourself here and there's 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 ways that this is going to help you develop so I just I that, that was a pull that was that was telling me to go back and to be honest I still feel that pull I still feel that pull to to keep going back and it's something that I think you know we always have to be careful about I don't want to do it for the wrong reasons or go to the ceremony for the sake of going to the ceremony but at the moment I feel like I'm in a much more connected place than I was when I first started mm-hmm. yeah no that makes a lot of sense and I think yeah being in Colombia like the ceremonies are so accessible there like you could go to a ceremony every single weekend if you really wanted to but it's like how much are you really integrating out of that experience that's it yeah I think it's so easy to slip into that. And I think I've, I think I've seen examples of it, you know, um, because it's so accessible. It's especially with the public ceremonies, it's incredibly affordable. And it may be like for someone who hasn't tried ayahuasca and has just heard about it, the thought of like going to ceremonies every couple of weeks is like, oh my goodness, why would you do that? But I can, I can definitely see how people slip into it because while it's extremely difficult, it can be extremely difficult and challenging during the experience, like the afterglow and the way you feel afterwards, you feel cleansed. Like you feel, you can often feel like really, really amazing after a ceremony. So clinging onto that without doing your, the proper integration that needs to come between ceremonies, I think is, is dangerous territory. And it's a line that I want to tread carefully as well. So yeah, I think an integration is also a huge part of, of my journey. Yeah. With plant medicine. Yeah, definitely. And like I definitely relate to like that first initial ceremony, like my first time drinking the medicine. Also, I didn't feel anything, like nothing at all. I took three cups, which is a lot, <laughs> and truly felt nothing. And everyone else around me was clearly having these very profound, like spiritual and somatic experiences of moving and you could really see the energy moving through them and I I felt like I had done something wrong like I made it about me I was like I must have done something wrong I must have missed an important part of the preparation or something like that but yeah over time I think it's just become clear that it's a part of the process and it's like a clearing out that needs to happen first before the medicine can really work through you and when you're in a space like of being like energetically open and receptive to receiving the guidance as well because I think yeah when we both first started working with the medicine there was a lot of fear like I know for myself the first time I heard of ayahuasca was when I was still living back in Canada and all that I heard of it was like you know the horror stories of like the the one ayahuasca tourist that goes and like dies at a ceremony I think that's what a lot of people in North America know of ayahuasca is just that one story that gets published per year of like the tourists that died. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the first I like really heard of it was when a few of my friends went traveling in South America. I was still at uni and I remember they, they told us that they were going to go and drink ayahuasca in the Peruvian jungle. Um, And, you know, like reading up on like the very sort of typical stories of, what it means to take ayahuasca that you can have all of these really scary visions and completely lose control and you're just like vomiting and purging in all these different ways and my friends went to to drink it in Peru and the stories that like they came back with were like pretty pretty similar to all of those you know pretty similar to those stories that we hear in the media 
And I remember like literally saying, wow, I don't think I'll ever do that. Like, that's not for me. I couldn't even conceive of wanting to, to do something like that. And I think the reason was because I didn't understand why people did it. I didn't understand the benefits. Like now, I think that was probably like seven years ago or something like that. But I think now, you know, the benefits are, are, are a lot more talked about. But even so, just like reading that odd news story about the tourists dying or hearing that one, you know, hippie friend that went and did it and saw all these crazy visions and was puking, puking the entire night. Like I can totally understand why people would say, oh my goodness, like I would never, I would never want to do something like that. But the reality is it's so much more than just seeing some visions and puking into a bucket. It's like, it's, it's really life-changing in a lot of ways and has been for a lot of people, including myself. So yeah, I think people perhaps should look a little bit, if they feel called to it, should perhaps look a little bit deeper into or if they're even curious about it, you know, like look a bit a little bit deeper into those like stories that you hear from people. Cause whilst we're in a bubble now of like knowing all of the benefits, it's easy for us to assume like, well, obviously everybody else will understand like how um powerful this medic medicine can be in like positive ways. But for perhaps people back home, family members, friends, they don't have that that same access and awareness. Yeah, definitely. No, I think. I mean, we're very much in a bubble, like you and I, just being like very into psychedelics. And I think we are following, you know, all the news and all of the updates, and we are very aware of the goings on and all the benefits and yeah, what can really come out of working with plant medicine. And like, while like there's been so many changes, even just in the last two years since I first started working with plant medicine in a serious way. And I think that there's more and more coming out now of, you know, scientific studies. And I think that's really letting people take it more seriously in a way that they hadn't before. Like, I know when I, even when I first started posting on my Instagram about plant medicine, I lost a bunch of followers. Really? <laughs> I lost a bunch of followers, I guess, that just didn't approve of me posting about something, you know, that's technically illegal. And I mean, that's, that's okay. Like everyone is coming to it maybe in their own timing. And yeah, it's, it's interesting just to watch kind of this like renaissance, this revolution of, of psychedelics and plant medicine. And obviously like who knows where it's going to be even five, 10 years from now, I think it's changing quite rapidly, but yeah, I think a lot of people at least that I've talked to, they still have a lot of fear, even though they're maybe seeing now that there are, there are studies coming out showing that it can help with depression, anxiety, PTSD, all of these really incredible benefits. So many people still have like fear, fear of dying, fear of going crazy, fear of not being able to come back out of it, right? Fear of completely losing their mind. So I'm just, yeah, I'm curious how, how you kind of moved through that fear in order to, to have your first like Yahi experience. And if, if any of that fear still comes up for you today. I mean, I was terrified the first time and many of times and oftentimes still, um, not definitely not on the level that I was when I first drank Yahi, but I remember that day so clearly I was just like, trying to prepare myself, you know, meditating, journaling, but I was so nervous. And I remember, you know, driving up to Santa Elena in the, in the Uber with like the people that I was with and, 
and just having these like knots in my stomach I was just so 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 scared I had so much fear um and I think ultimately for me what it was then and, and what it is now is fear of losing control it's not fear of something like physically going wrong or fear of something it actually doing like lasting damage to me I think it's just fear of being in a place where I really had to had to surrender and had to let go of all sense of control and I I think that's something that I've like struggled with a little bit is just being able to let go of control and understand that I can't control every single aspect of my life things are going to go the way they're going to go and the only thing ultimately that I have control over is how I react to those things so in terms of where I'm at now with that fear, like I definitely still feel nervous every time I drink the medicine. And sure, I definitely feel scared oftentimes in the experience. But I think the way I've been able to to move through it is really through that realization of like, we simultaneously have all of the control and none of the control. Like we have none of the control to say like, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to control this psychedelic journey I'm going to control how like xyz go in my life but we have all of the control of like how we react and how we respond to those things and the same goes for what's under the influence of jahe or whatever psychedelic it might be you have control over whether or not you surrender to the experience Mm -hmm. and let it take you where it's going to take you or whether you resist and ultimately resistance is um, not only futile, but it would probably make things more difficult for you anyway. So I think I think through other things like meditation as well, like I've been able to to separate myself a little bit from like f- holding that fear so close. But but yeah, I think just having like faith in myself, you know, like what am I scared of? Mm. What am I scared? What am I am I scared of like things getting really dark? Am I scared of pain am I scared of am I scared of having absolutely zero control I think like getting really real about like okay well what am I actually scared of like what's what's going to happen here and also gaining a trust in the medicine that only comes through drinking the medicine like it's I it's I think it's pretty rare for someone to like jump into this and immediately feel like okay yeah like I got this like I know that I can get through it I know that whatever comes my way, I'll be able to navigate it. And I trust the medicine. I feel connected to it. Like I feel for me anyway, I can't speak for others. For me, that was something that I really had to cultivate over time. Like Mm -hmm. knowing that the medicine is really only going to give me what I need. It might necessarily be what I think I want in that moment. It might not be the intention that I had written down for that particular ceremony, but having a trust in the medicine that it's all coming from a place of love it's really all coming from a place of love I think that also takes away a lot of that fear um and that comes that comes through building a relationship with it yeah absolutely you touched on so many important things and like that's really the choice we have is either to see things through a lens of fear or through a lens of love and that's a big part of working with the working with the medicine is is knowing that you have that choice and being able to process it in that way and accept whatever comes and knowing that you can yes have an intention but not an expectation so I think that's where a lot of people get hung up is they have like an expectation of what's exactly going to happen right like I want to work through this specific problem this specific trauma and 
like have all these like direct insights that are going to apply to my life in this way. But yeah, that, that's not, that's not how it works. And I experienced that myself. Like when I wanted to start working with ayahuasca was because I wanted to connect with my mom. Like I had learned that you can often connect with spirits and like in the spirit realm and ethers when you're, when you're working with ayahuasca, but that, that didn't happen. And so like, I think there's a danger with having expectations is that it can lead to disappointment. And another important thing you touched on, like this fear of the darkness, I think that is so, so prominent. And like definitely the, whatever illusion we had of, of control shattered within the last two years, uh, like in the pandemic, like if anyone still believes they're in control, <laughs> I mean, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed if you can still be. Yeah, literally show me how you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's, I think surrender was really like a key theme for me last year, um, especially, I mean, I moved back to Canada from Colombia last year after almost three years of living there to complete this program in psychedelic therapy training and I really like put all my eggs in that basket and the program ended up getting canceled and that was really really hard for me to deal with but it's it's exactly like you said of like well we can we can resist that we can resist what is and that is really what creates our suffering or we can be in acceptance knowing that everything is really happening and for us everything is happening in the right divine timing and we're we're getting what we need even if it feels hard even if it is challenging and just straight up feels shitty in the moment but uh, yeah going going back to that idea of darkness like i think it's so important that we embrace the darkness and plant medicine really like challenges the relationship with the darkness in a new way because we are exploring the shadow like we're expanding into the darker parts of our psyche it's helping to illuminate the things that we haven't yet looked at before or haven't been willing to face and so many people like actually live in complete delusion like they're completely disregarding and in denial really of, of their reality and what I mean by that is like people are typically delusional because they can't acknowledge the pain and the suffering that they're carrying with them. And I mean, I, I see a lot of people who are like spiritual bypassing in a way because they just want to like project this energy of like, everything's all good all the time. And like, my life is good. And in fact, it's not. And there's this refusal to look at it. And like, this is I mean, one of the hardest parts of, of trying to heal and trying to grow is that so many people just want to transcend to that next step, that like next evolution of consciousness without actually looking at the very real pain and yeah, the darkness of, of their own shadow. And like, that's not an integrity for anyone. And like, it's not, it's not doing us any favors. The story of like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's, it's not, it's not helping anything to pretend that everything is all good. So I think plant medicine really asks us to be honest about the fears that we face and about what's, what's real for us in, in an attempt to help us alchemize it, like to really 
transform it and create meaning like you said earlier like plant medicines have helped you find meaning in your life and helped give you purpose would you say that's accurate yeah yeah absolutely and just like in reference to what you were saying about people's avoidance of their own darkness like I think something I've come to realize is really everybody has a shadow And the only way that we get to be the absolute best people that we can be is by acknowledging the shadow, by embracing it, like you said. And you're exactly right. Plant medicines have a way of like, for me, it's really felt like holding up a mirror. It's almost felt like calling me out on my bullshit, you know, like (laughs) in obviously a loving way, in a loving and caring way. But maybe like there are these like, ideas that I've told myself stories that I've told myself and it's incredible how like how much we can convince ourselves that no we don't need to like go there we don't need to interact with that we can we can just like keep keep living our lives you know everything's fine and dandy and then and then these medicines come in and they're like oh no like you need to you need to change this Mm -hmm. so yeah for me it's 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 really felt like it's really felt like holding up a mirror. I would say that both of uh, of mushrooms as well as jahe, but always coming from a place of love because like everybody has a shadow. It's it's really important that that we understand that and we embrace that and we understand that of ourselves and we understand that of others as well. Like we can't expect ourselves to be like light, love and positivity all the time. And we can't expect that from others either. So yeah, I fully, fully agreed to everything that you just said and in terms of finding meaning and purpose in my life yeah I mean like in terms of like where I'm going with my career at the moment I'm trying like more and more to steer things towards psychedelics and plant medicines so I've shifted from writing about um, tech and business um, and ghostwriting under other people's names to now spending a lot of my time writing under my own name about themes that I'm really interested in. You know, I've been writing a lot about psychedelic integration in the last few months and also tapping into the network and the community that I have here to explore a lot of cultural aspects around Jahe shamanism in Colombia, which I just find absolutely fascinating, learning more about these communities and and these ways of life and and ways of understanding the world and making sense of the world is just like an infinite world of knowledge that I know I'll never stop learning from. And that's given me so much purpose in life because, because I feel like it's, yeah, it's just something that we have so much to learn from. It's such an important message to share, especially at the moment, like you mentioned before, we are completely undergoing a psychedelic renaissance and a, like a lot of people are waking up to the healing power of these medicines. So if I can play some role in helping people on that journey through like access to information and guiding them in, in, in my own way, then yeah, that's, that will be amazing for me. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, of course, through this work is really how I've also connected to my own purpose and realizing yeah there's just so many people who who really need help and who don't necessarily know how to work with these medicines or how to connect with themselves or how to develop their own spiritual practices because 
yeah, really like going into those initial ceremonies, those first initial ceremonies, I thought what I needed was to connect with my mom, but what I really needed was to connect with myself. And that is really the thing that's missing for so many people is that there's just this complete disconnection from self. And I mean, it's, it's not like it's totally like self-absorbed. It's, you know, it's also a disconnection from nature. It's a disconnection from true, like genuine community. And I love the, the thread that we've been speaking to of like the connection between being able to face your darkness and having that show you your purpose. Because I think so many people are in search of meaning and their purpose and, you know, these huge questions of what am I supposed to do with my life? Like, what am I here for? But then there's that unwillingness to, to look at the shadow and maybe look at the darkness. But it's only through that, it's only through looking at the darkness that we can have those transformative experiences and really meet ourselves for the first time and be able to see like, oh no, this, like all of me is okay. And this is actually what I desire to create now from that space when you can, yeah, like get beyond your ego and like see things for, for truly what they are instead of being in a constant state of avoidance of very important aspects of yourself. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Some, something that's really, really stuck with me that you spoke to me about a little while ago is this idea that if we don't go to our darkest darkest depths then we'll never be able to reach our like absolute heights you know and I think that spectrum is really important exactly yeah it's two sides of the same coin right like the the degree that I feel the the darkness is balanced to the degree that I get to experience love and passion so of course it's worth it like, I can't imagine not thinking that that would be worth it. Like for a temporary hard time to experience a life of love and joy. And it really requires, yeah, that we just like embrace ourselves fully and know that like you can learn to love yourself even through the, dark, the darkest experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And how liberating is that when you can actually trust that everything is happening in your highest good. And like, yes, you have to go down into the valley to get to the mountaintop, but you don't need to stay stuck in that valley. Like you mm -hmm. are not a victim of your circumstances. And yeah, like it's, it's hard to get out of that place. Of course, it's, I've definitely been stuck in that place and it's, it's easy to fall back into, right? When hard things happen, but knowing that it's always possible to, to get back out and I think that's that's really the first lie the darkness tells us is that it's permanent. Mm. And how liberating is it to know that you can get yourself through those difficult moments, mm. those challenging moments? Yeah. Absolutely. Like you've got your own back. You can you have that you have inner strength that will always be there. Like yeah. you'll always be able to tap into that inner strength. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I'd love to know, like, if you have any practices, like, other than, you know, regularly working with plant medicine that you've incorporated to really help you move through some of the, like, this alchemy, some of the integration process, like, what, what has worked for you? I think I, 
I'm definitely not the the most strict or rigid in terms of like daily practice and that's something daily practices and that's something that I really want to improve on I think meditation has been like a, a real game changer for me I think journaling be it albeit sporadically journaling about my experiences um and making sure that I'm writing down like what commitments I'm going to make to myself after after an experience what how I'm going to integrate the lessons that I received during that experience and then sharing them with other people because once you share it with other people like there's a level of accountability there that doesn't happen if it's just swimming around in your own head so I would say that's been really important like just literally talking about it and that's super super important with integration is to talk about it because as we talk about these experiences like they gain even more meaning and we gain more understanding of of what of what to do with them so that's been a that's a really important part talking to people who who to understand this path who are also on a spiritual path connecting with members of this community here in Medellin you know I have like several several friends who are also um on a path with plant medicine of self-discovery and I learn infinite amounts from them and just staying connected with those people and like trying to keep my community really close has been has been really crucial and then yeah getting out into nature you know going back to what we were saying at the beginning of the podcast as to like how to cultivate your own meaning of spirituality for me nature has played an unbelievably huge role in that and just the appreciation that I have of Pachamama of the natural world of her divine order of of her wisdom, her intelligence, you know, a, a level of intelligence that I will we'll, as humans like, never understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we shouldn't strive to, you know, I think it's, it's about respect for me. It's about respect. So spending time in nature is, is really, really important for me to feel connected to, to, to my integration journey and just to feel connected to the medicine between ceremonies as well. And, Another thing which I started fairly recently in October of last year is learning how to play medicine music on the ukulele, which has, again, been an absolute game changer. The music, as you know, during Jahi ceremonies is the most beautiful thing you've ever heard in your entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, And listening to that music and now like learning to play that music has been a really, really beautiful process. So yeah, I'm definitely not the most as we would say in Spanish in terms of keeping to these like you know like making sure that I'm like journaling meditating stretching doing you know doing all these different things every day like I'm not I I kind of follow my own rhythm a little bit more and I would like to make those more solid habits but I think integration for me is 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 rooted so much in community it's rooted so much in time in nature and just connection I think that's that's the like imperative word in all of this is connection Mm, yeah no absolutely I love that so much I think yeah nature has played a huge aspect for me as well in terms of yeah really integrating and healing because I think it's easy to feel like we're alone but when we're out in nature surrounded by the trees we are not actually alone because we have the spirits of the trees we have the spirits of the water the spirits of the wind you can put your feet into the earth and know that everything is going to be okay there's just something about like squishing your toes in the mud that is incredibly grounding and healing and I like 
how you said like it's not about having a rigid practice that you follow like I think that's a misconception a lot of people have is that to live a spiritual life you have to meditate you have to do yoga you have to do all of these like I don't know well-known practices in order to live a spiritual life but it's it's not actually true at least for me like I would say everything that you do already is your spiritual life like we are spiritual beings it's just a matter of how consciously you do them like yeah it's about intention like living a spiritual life is about living a life of intention it's living your life as if you are a a prayer in everything that you do it's like discipline has is a spiritual practice like connecting with nature is a spiritual practice befriending your darkness is a spiritual practice and even letting like letting ourselves feel our emotions is a deeply spiritual practice so I think it's deconstructing all of these like preconceived notions of what spirituality really means and knowing that we have the ability to create it for ourselves it's about what feels good to us it's it's doing things with intention so like for me every day is a little bit different like I have some core things that I obviously love to do like I like to light some incense first thing in the morning that makes me feel really good I like to do take some conscious breaths I like to journal out my thoughts say a couple things that I'm grateful for but like, I definitely don't do yoga. I actually, I don't like yoga. Like maybe (laughs) one day I would get into it, but like, I, yeah. And like, I used to make that mean something about myself. I was like, well, I can, like, I'm not a real like spiritual person if I don't do yoga. And it's like, no. And that's the thing. So much of this is just in our own heads. Like, it's just the meaning that we're giving it like we're giving it meaning that we don't meditate we're giving it meaning that we don't do yoga it's like oh I'm not I'm not this I'm not that but letting go of of some of that judgment is so important and knowing that you get to just do what feels good and it can be as simple as like setting up a space with more intention like lighting a candle before you read your book or something like that like it gets to be easy it gets to be simple and I think I don't know for a lot of years I I wanted to incorporate spirituality into my life like way before I even moved to Columbia I was like yeah like it's it would be nice to have like some sort of practice but I just had no idea like how or what that might look like and I think part of that is because I I have this like tendency in my brain towards being a skeptic (laughs) about like a lot of the things like I used to you know call things woo woo Uh, now I I wouldn't use that term because (laughs) yeah it's it's like a like it's a dismissive term to call something woo woo which clearly has actually a lot of power and like even one of the things I'm in this program right now and one of the things that she was encouraging us to do is to speak life into our water in the morning so like pouring a glass of water and setting your intentions into the water and as you drink it you're imagining those words pouring into you and I know I was telling you about this Max like when I first heard her suggest this I was kind of like oh like that sounds a little bit silly and like I tried to do it but I was really just moving through the motions of it Um, and then maybe like a week later 
randomly I got a suggested post come up on my Instagram feed from from Gaia saying something like oh research confirms that intention actually affects the structure of water (laughs) I I remember you sending that to me (laughs) yeah and it turns out this actually traces back to something like a Japanese scientist said in 2004 right so and this this just happened like (laughs) like very recently so even though I've had like all of these spiritual experiences that like are not explainable by science in any way. I still have that like tendency towards skepticism. And like now that I saw like, oh, okay, yeah, intention actually does affect water. I've I've been doing that practice a lot more consciously and yeah, just treating it more seriously. And that's that's really what makes the difference is the intention behind it. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? And I mean, even just with the water example, like our bodies are, I don't know, 70%, 80% water. So like the way that we speak to ourselves as well, like the intentions that we're pouring into ourselves, the words we speak to ourselves and others around us, like, yeah, of course we know that this makes a huge difference. Like intention is everything. Intention is really everything. 100%, you know, like just the power of putting something into words is like, can change like the whole spectrum of your day. Just like saying affirmations, out loud saying things to yourself saying things in your head like just the the power of putting those things into words is I don't think that's something that's disputable you know in terms of like designated it as woo-woo I think I've like absolutely used that word a lot as well because I feel you on like the the skeptic front and I don't think there's necessarily necessarily something very bad with being a skeptic because um, I think a lot of it is just using discernment, you know, and, you know, there are things for me, which like, I don't necessarily prescribe to. Um, but I think maybe perhaps the difference now is like not coming at it from a place of judgment and not coming at it from a place of slapping the label of like, oh no, that's woo woo. Like I'm going to judge people who believe in that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like respect. If you prescribe to a certain, a certain way of thinking of a certain practice, um, I'm not going to like devalidate your experience because it's not something that fits in with my worldview and experience. But at the same time, like that doesn't necessarily mean I have to jump onto all of these like spiritual trends and, and the train, you know, like it's, it's, it's truly unique to every single person. Like what spirituality means to you is absolutely unique to you. And there's nothing that you have to include and there's nothing that you have to exclude. Yeah. And I think really people have a tendency to judge what they don't understand. So like for myself, I used to definitely judge like crystals just because I don't know, I was like, oh, it's silly like that people would spend that much money on crystals. And it's really just because I found it intimidating. Like I was like, wow, there's so many different crystals and I don't know anything about them. And I had no idea like how to begin to work with them. So I just dismissed it. And it's really easy. Yeah, exactly. As you said, to slap that label on it. It's woo woo. And like, goodbye, I'm going to judge you for it. And now I'm like, I've got a whole shelf of crystals like right in front of me here. So <laughs> I think it, yeah, it's exactly that. It's like that perspective shift of moving away from judgment and being open and curious and like being willing to be a beginner at something. Like I think people avoid incorporating spiritual practices just because they they think that they're not good at it you know it's like I'm not good at meditating so I'm not going to do it I'm not I'm not good at writing I'm not good at all these different things it's like like let's get rid of that good and bad narrative like there's there's no morality to (laughs) 
the the practice and like that's why it's a practice you you get to continue you get to evolve over time and yeah just really getting rid of all of those old narratives and being willing to come from a place of self-acceptance is is so key mm-hmm. and I think something like really important to remember is just like the different ways of interpreting things depending on where you come from depending on the experience that you've had like when we think about indigenous communities and the way they build spirituality into their lives and the ways in which they hold spiritual health you know in the same standing as physical health like spiritual health is like just as important to these communities and being disconnected from spirit is you know they see that as akin to having like physical ailments because well oftentimes as you know those are actually those are often connected but because they might that just because they're not doing you know studies in universities and have research teams doing double blind placebo controlled trials um on all of the these concepts that they know to be true it doesn't mean that that we're valid in dismissing those so yeah it's so true we definitely have a tendency to dismiss the the sort of like old wisdom and I mean in a lot of ways science is only just starting to catch up with things that indigenous communities have known for millennia and even like in Canada right now I saw that doctors are now allowed to prescribe access to national parks in order to help people connect with nature And that's like a brand new development. They're just now realizing through science that having a connection with nature is really important to our emotional, mental, spiritual health. So, I mean, like people have known that forever and it's like, oh, now science says it's okay. So now it's okay. And and, yeah, in a lot of ways that, that holds us back. And yeah, exactly. Like you said, the connection between our spiritual health and our physical health like it's it's all the same like there is no separation like we are multi-dimensional beings and there is a growing body of research now that does show you know the connection between having having trauma having stress in our body and how that actually does manifest as as physical illness as i've as i've seen and as i've talked about previously so yeah i think it's just getting away from really the the like western paradigm of and being open being open to new possibilities yeah exactly a book that i found really interesting on this topic was um the fellowship of the river by joe tafor who is a colombian american medical doctor um but actually like trained and apprenticed with i think shipibo i'm pretty sure it's yeah shipibo canibo curanderos in the peruvian amazon and he like beautifully links the science and the spiritual understanding of human health and like he does it in in such a tangible way that it's so you know it's it's you can't dispute it you know like talking about all these scientific studies the connections between like what's going on psychologically our mental wellness and then all of these physical ailments and then he tells all these stories of people that went to his healing center. I don't think he's, he's like works there anymore, but the healing center that he set up, Nikwe Rao, and their stories of like the, all of the, the ailments and the problems and the, the, the traumas that they had before they went there and then their journey with ayahuasca. And by no means is it like a magic bullet, by no means is it a cure, 
for what you might have in go- have going on for you like the big the biggest chunk of it is going to come from you like the the ceremony is only part of the experience but just reading his book it's just really solidified you know how this this dichotomy this separation between like oh that's like spiritual woo woo and this is hard science like it's it's non-existence like indigenous people do science you know science is like experimenting with different medicines experimenting with different plants looking at the outcomes and like adapting based on like what you find like they've been doing this for thousands of years it's not like a monopoly that the west has on understanding understanding medicine and human health yeah no definitely yeah i mean there's so much more we could get into here (laughs) maybe like i'll definitely we'll have to schedule another podcast episode I I think you're going to be a regular (laughs) regular guest on ugly growth podcast so yeah we we don't have to get into every single topic today but yeah I'd say let's wrap it up a maybe just speaking to yeah someone who's in the position of like where where you've come from of kind of like yeah, just being in that party phase and like not really having any sort of spiritual practice and like wanting to live life more intentionally. Like if there is like any key piece of advice, like one sort of tip that you would give to someone who is just starting out on that journey. Oh, that's a tough one. I would say like just speaking from my own experience is like if you feel like, first of all, be open, you know, like we've said, like, be open to, to ideas that you might not have engaged with in a meaningful way before. And for me, like a huge thing for getting onto this path was like putting myself in an environment that was conducive to it. Mm -hmm. So if you're like in an environment where you're not spending any time in nature, maybe you live in a big city and you're spending all of your time in the city, or if you feel like you're surrounded by people who don't necessarily have the same curiosity that you do about spirituality, then I would just say like make a concerted effort to connect with people who, who are also on a similar path of getting to know themselves, getting to know their authentic selves of on a path of, of growth and development and openness as well. And I think like finding a community can be like an absolute game changer, spending time in nature as well. I would say like those two components can be, can be really powerful and just being open to to learning because this is just it's just all learning all of this it's just learning there's 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 no end point where you reach and you say like okay I've learned enough like now I know what it means what it what it's all about like no um I think even the 108 year old shaman who is like still doing ayahuasca ceremonies in Colombia will still tell you that he has so much more to learn so um yeah just 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 cultivating connection cultivating connection with with your community and and with nature and being open to to whatever comes your way yeah I love that I love that I think that's the perfect note to end off on thank you so much for this conversation you're incredible I love you so much (laughs) thank you I love you so much too I'm so proud of you (laughs) thank you so much for listening it truly blows my mind watching the number of listeners go up every week and I'm just so grateful that you're here and that you took the time out of your day to 
listen to this podcast episode and if you got anything out of it i would absolutely love if you would share it share it with a friend share it on your instagram story and tag me at ugly growth post whatever your biggest takeaway was and yeah i just love to connect more with you send me a dm if you want to chat more about anything we discussed in today's episode and if you do have a second to leave a review over on apple podcasts that is what will help this podcast grow and get into the ears of more listeners so i would really appreciate that thank you again for being here i love you so much if you enjoyed this conversation i'm definitely going to be having megs as a guest again in the future and in the meantime if you want to connect more with her she is on twitter and on instagram at megs tanev that's t-a-n-e-v she is truly such an incredible person and i do think that being loved by her as a friend was a huge part of my own healing journey because it was my first friendship where i felt truly seen and understood because i was finally honoring myself in that as well so it's been such a beautiful learning experience with her and yeah i'm just so grateful to have her in my life and i i wish everyone could experience what it means to have such a deep friendship like that so thank you megs i love you so much thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you in the next episode